Hello, everyone. This is B. Rich, and you're now tuning into BSL Podcast. I have a special guest here with me today. One of my good friends, one of my best friends. I talk to this guy literally every single day. Every single day, me and this guy talk about a lot of things, whether it be um, just business, personal, heart to heart, whatever it may be. But me and this guy talk a lot, man. I asked, I actually told him a long time ago, man, whenever you're comfortable, whenever you feel like you want to come on to the show, man, just come on when you feel most comfortable, man. And so, like a friend, he accepted. So, here he is today, my friend, my brother, Mr. Christian Torres. What's going on, man? It's a pleasure being on the show. Took, took me a minute to get here, but I'm here now, man. What's going on, brother? There we go, man. So, <clears throat> told, man, for the, the people that don't actually know you, man, um, Tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay, let's 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 start from the beginning, I yes, guess. Yes, sir. That's the only way to start. I was born in uh, Stockton, California. A lot of people don't know that. They think I'm from Atlanta, but I'm really I was born in Stockton, California. Uh, my mother, Trisel Christian. My father, Andrew Torres. Um, I really can't remember living there too too much. Maybe like uh, first and second grade, maybe. Um, from there, me and my mom moved to Atlanta for like second and third grade. Stuff didn't work out. We moved back to LA. Lived in LA from fourth to uh, seventh grade. Then we moved back to Atlanta from eighth grade. Yeah. Eighth grade until I graduated high school. Um, but yeah, I, I come from a single parent home. My, mo- my mother raised me. Um, she's a very hardworking woman. I'm very proud of her, man, and um, I'm thankful for her. My, my grandmother helped raise me as well. When people ask me to raise me, I tell my mama and my grandmother, yes, my great-grandparents, and uh, very, very thankful for them. For sure. Yeah. So for Toe, um, for people that don't know, don't know, man, I actually met Torres. I call him Toe. I actually met Torres at Langston back in 2008. Uh, he was playing ball up there at Langston football. And so for you, Toe, um, how was your journey to Langston? Uh, pretty interesting, man. Um, trying to think, where should I start to uh, of that journey? Should I start at high school? Should I middle school? Let's go ahead and start high school. Okay, so we uh, we moved to Atlanta when I was in eighth grade. We started there. I went to Tucker High School in Atlanta. Um, pretty diverse school. Pretty cool, you know. Uh, I want to say going into my senior year, playing football. I became uneligible to play football and basketball and track. Um, so I really had nowhere to go I, um, when I graduated college, I mean, when I graduated high school. And some kind of way, my mama worked their magic. Uh, Langston accepted me. They said if I come in the summertime that they'll give me a scholarship. So I ended up at Langston two days after I graduated high school. And that's how I, that's how I got there. Right. Um, big culture shock. My mother drove me up there, her and my grandma, my little sister. Um, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, man. Uh, you know, when people talk about Oklahoma, when you're in Atlanta, you think of cowboys and Indians, man. It's that's like, wild, bro. Yeah, that's what they think. And uh, I can remember, because it's a 12-hour drive, I can remember, like, waking up, and we're going through, we're coming through Guthrie. And I'm just fucking seeing, like, all the land and the cows. And I'm just like, uh, where the fuck are we going? <laughs> yeah. And uh, we got the lane stand. Uh, we moved into Scholars Inn. 
They bought me a bed spread. They filled up my refrigerator, gave me $50, and left. And uh, my mom said, don't come home without your degree. Straight up. And uh, that's how it happened, man. It was it was big. Now, let's go back a little bit, though. Okay. So, <clears throat> you were balling in high school. So, let's talk about the scholarships, scholarships you had before you decided to go to Langston. Well, I don't want to get too deep in it. Um, but I had some schools looking at me and uh, going into that, going into uh, from the ju- my junior spring, I had a real, real big spring. Um, the, the, the high school that I went to, we had like multiple top players in the nation, top 100 crews um, coming out of Georgia. I think I think they signed like 14 D1 scholarships my senior year. You know what I mean? And before that, I mean, they had, I mean, some great players come out of that uh, that high school. It's really a powerhouse. Um, I had a real, real big spring that year. Uh, we went to, you know, four or five camps, Auburn, Clemson camp, Georgia camp, and uh, I showed out. I did my thing. So I was, I was finally getting looks and finally feeling like I was getting what I deserved. And uh, we came out of that, man, and... And I was just so blind to it all, man. I had two summer school classes. I paid two girls to go to the class for me and pass the class. One passed, and the other one never did anything. Right. But I was just so dumb. I never checked on them. I just thought, like, a football ability to get me through. And everything in a blink of an eye was snatched from me. Yeah. From You know, just for the big picture. Everything was snatched from me, man. Right. And uh, uh, that was the first year I couldn't play ball. I couldn't play basketball. And I couldn't, I couldn't run track. I was uneligible for it all. That's unheard of in high school. Wow. Yeah. So once you got to the loop. Yeah. So what is your mindset now? Once you get there, you down there and seeing this country town. You come from the city of Atlanta. Now you're down there seeing goats. Man. Wow. Cattle. So now, I mean, what's going through your mind? Well, you know, my mom was kind of prepping my prepping me for it. She knew what I was about to get myself into. I didn't know. Um, I was actually supposed to go to a couple of other junior colleges. But my mom thought it was a better idea to go to a university. Um, for me at that time, I needed to go somewhere that was kind of that was slower. You know, what I mean, kind of slow pace where I could catch up with myself. I was still only seventeen. I was still young. Um, I I was I was I was in shock, man. But I knew I couldn't go home. I couldn't. There was no way for me to get home. Yeah. Nobody was coming back to yeah. pick me up. So I was like, man, you gotta drop your nuts. You here to play ball? That that was all my mom, my mindset was. Go to the league. If anybody can make it out of here, you can. So yeah. as soon as I got there, I started working out. I started grinding. You got to remember, I was hungry. I, had, I hadn't I had played in a year. I had something to prove. Um, I kind of wasn't believing in my ability just a little bit. So I was working extremely hard. And uh, all that hard work paid off once once uh, the year came. But it wasn't the – I didn't get a scholarship that first semester. and um, But I made the team and all that, did my thing, and they gave me a scholarship in the spring. Right. Yeah. So, quick backstory. Yeah. So, I came to Langston in 2008. Yeah. I ended up leaving, and then I came back. Okay. I remember like it was yesterday. I, I, I met him. I met Torres one time, but I actually didn't know him. So, when I came back, I remember going to a party with my cousin, uh, Chefs and Tay-Tay. And we walked into his house, and they said, hey, man, if they ask you, are you limited? <laughs> Say no. Right. I'm like, what? So we going, I'm like, I don't know what that means, but we got to go in this house for it. Okay. As soon as I walked in the door, first thing, Amy, you living it? <laughs> no. Here's a shot. A shot. <laughs> yeah. I don't drink. Yeah. No, no, I'll take a shot. 
I don't yeah. drink, like bro, I don't drink at all. Now yeah. you gonna take the shot. It's so much pressure. Yeah. I yeah. take the shot. Torres is already, he's already in the mix. Yeah. He's already a, a part of the, the Unlimited crew. They call themselves Unlimited. Yeah. So he's a part of that crew, right? Yeah. Great so that was, that was the start of us drinking while we were in college. Yeah. You know, we had a good time, you know, like everybody else does. Yeah. But one thing I know about him was, Torres, it doesn't matter how drunk he got, how long of a night we had, <laughs> he would find some will every single day to get up and work out. Yes, sir. What was your mindset going through that every single day after we had a long night of partying? Like, how? where did that drive, that will, what was your mindset while you're going through all that, man? Well, my number one goal, because my mama told me I couldn't come home unless I got my degree, was to get my degree so I can come back home to my mama. I mean, that was the ultimate goal. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I made sure I went to class every day and the coaches always told us, make sure you go to class, make sure you play. The worst thing they ever told me was C's get degrees. That is true. <laughs> so, I mean, I, no matter what I did, I made sure I went to class. You know what I mean? The whole unlimited thing and the limited thing was How did just, it start, though? I really don't know how it actually started. But we took it and ran with it. And the whole unlimited thing is just like anything is possible. There's no limit on life and live it to the fullest. That was our whole thing at the time to, if we're going to party, party harder than everybody else. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, if yeah. if we're going to ride clean, we're going to ride clean like cleaning everybody else. Yeah. If we're going to get on bitches, we're going to have the, the finest of the finest. You know what I mean? If I'm going to dress down, be the cleanest of the cleanest. That was just the whole unlimited mindset. It was just a mindset. And we kind of just ran with it and everybody jumped on board. And it, uh, anybody that was a part of it, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah it was a good time. And, and, and uh, I had a, a close friend named Grego and we kind of really pushed it. We was uh, we, we like seeing everybody else have a good time. Because right. everybody was so serious of the whole school thing and studying. And, you know, it was so much pressure on everybody. And it's just like, let's have a good time so when people yeah. seen us that's what that's 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 what we did we right that's how we lived it up anybody was there in them times so we did it for you told man um how'd you actually get up every day or from what i seen it look like every day yeah. and still be able to go through the hangovers and get your ass up and still go work out and still find the grind i, I think the two balanced itself out because i party so hard but then i worked out so hard so I don't think it affected my body like everybody else. But in the long term of it all, I was killing myself, literally. Like, yeah. because I will party until three, four in the morning, get up at six, you know, three, four hours of sleep, go dog workout, you know what I mean? Dog workout, I mean, I'm talking about dog workouts. And then go to class then eat, take a nap, go to practice, and then go party all over again. I never got sleep. My body never rested. I was able to sustain myself at that time and play at a high level because I worked out so much. But in hindsight, I stopped playing ball at 24 years old because my body couldn't hold up anymore. Right. When people play to 40, 30, you know, uh, my body couldn't take it, man. I, I put it through too much. I don't know how I did it, but I did it because my number one goal was to play ball, was to get a scholarship and graduate college. So for you, Toe, was there I mean, ever... Go to the league and graduate college. Yeah, yeah. So for you, was there ever a plan B after football? There was never a plan B for me. 
Uh, in that time, everybody used to tell you, you know, you got to have a, a plan A. You got to have a plan B. But in my mind, if you had a plan B, that means you was giving up on plan A. You know, so it was like I was going to go hard as hard as I can for plan A. And if it didn't work out, I'll figure out plan B. So that's what I did. I crashed dummy on plan A until it didn't work. Right. Yeah, sure. Did you t- You told me one time before MTV True Life actually reached out to you. Yes, me and a guy named, uh, man, sorry, I'm forgetting his first name. His last name is Golden. He was uh, he was running around with cameras back then and videotaping different things. And uh, some kind of way he got in contact with somebody. They wanted to do a special. I can't remember exactly what now. I mean, you know, this is 15 wow, years ago, 10 yeah. years ago. Um, I think it was the life of a college athlete. And uh, he thought I was pretty interesting. So... He tried to choose me, and we tried it. And there's actually a couple videos on YouTube. It's pretty cool. We didn't get to finish it out for whatever reason, but it was a, uh, it was pretty cool at the time. Right. Yeah. So for you, you said, so that passion you have for football. Yeah. Did you have that same passion for track and basketball? No way. So where did that no passion way. Come, where did that passion come from? From football. I was actually in the beginning of it all. I was a better baseball player than anything else. I played basketball because of my friends played basketball and they was good at it, but I was never good. I was a good defensive player, but I was a great baseball player. Um, and I uh, resented baseball because they used to say that my father was a good baseball player. So I didn't want to be a baseball player anymore. So I tried football and I used to be a running back. And, you know, I'll have games where I have 200 yards, four touchdowns, all this other shit. And I'll get off the, I'll get off the field. And they'll just praise me like I was. I thought I was a god then. I'm talking about park ball days, man. And I got addicted to that high, that feeling. Yeah, yeah. And after a while, I got put on defense to play linebacker. That was my one of my favorite positions. I always wanted to play linebacker. I just wasn't big enough. But I got something out of hitting people, hurting people. And for like an offensive player, he wants to run left or right and score a touchdown, and you stop him. There's, I mean, just being able to manhandle another man and just like, you know what I mean? I'm the beast of beasts. And then when you get in, in, you get in practice and you get off the field and people talk about you and, they, and they're scared of you, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you get something from that. Like, you know what I mean? I'll be in hidden drills and people will go to the back of the line. You know what I mean? That was something. That's a, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's a whole, it's the whole thing. But we talk about an ego a lot. And, yeah. and that fed my ego that people were scared of me. Mm-hmm. That gave me the thought of like, in my neighborhood, the gangsters, you know what I mean? How they walked, how they talked, how they dressed. Motherfuckers were scared of them. You know what I mean? I feel like the gangster of the field. I, it, it was it was something that's it's a wild feeling, man. Um, and that football takes you there. And, and in life, when I was in school, I felt out of place. When I was in class, you know what I mean? I had to be quiet and sit still. That wasn't me. And at home, I had to respect my mother, respect my, you know what I mean? My grandparents, my cousins. I couldn't do what I want. When I was on the field, it was like I was free. Like, you know what I mean? You can hit somebody, not get in trouble for it. You get praised for it. You can be a man of men. You know what I mean? You can be a god of men. Right. And uh, that feeling has been unplaceable for me. That's how I fell in love with the game. Right. For sure. I know. Uh, I actually glad seen, to hear the sport for sure. Yeah, I actually seen Christian's uh, or Toes YouTube video. His highlights from Langston. I'm not lying. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about literally every single hit is a hit stick. Yeah, for sure. Everybody is, I'm talking about this man is running through everybody. For sure. So, 
What year did you graduate from Langston? I want to say uh, 11. That's 11. 2011. Yeah. Okay. So, fast forward a little bit. Okay. Your plans with football as far as making it, making it to the NFL did not work out right. Right. So, once you walked the stage, you knew maybe, possibly, making it to the NFL was not, you know, in the future, maybe, possibly, right? I never thought that for one second. Never. Never. So, once, once you walked the stage... What was your plans? I said, I got to figure out how to get to the league. What should I do? You know, I didn't have any agent. No coaches were trying to help me. You know what I mean? That that was a crazy feeling that I put all this work in for these guys. I got all these accolades and I did all these things and no one tried to help me. That was crazy to me. Um, before I graduated, I got a chance to play some arena football. So my, my dream wasn't over yet. And I got an agent from a workout that you see me. Um, he seen me working out and he was pretty impressed so he uh, agreed to be my agent so the dream was never over it wasn't over yet it was just like another I, I wasn't drafted out of college but you know what I mean my life has never been smooth so right. it was just another speed bump it's like okay what's next let's do it you know what I mean right. they told me I had to go to the ring league to get some some coverage footage you know what I mean because like you said on my highlight tape I'm just smacking motherfuckers yeah. you know what I mean but I played in the league that I played in at Langston our offense wasn't the greatest offense, so they would score 14 points a game, 10 points a game. You know, the scale would be 7 to 10 or 7 to 14. Right. So no one passed it. They just ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I was just hitting people. I never had interceptions. Yeah. I had probably four or five interceptions on the year. Right. You know what I mean? But not enough because nobody passed it. But uh, no, the dream was never over yet. It was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it one way or another. So you had to try out for your agent? No, no, no. I had a trial for this arena football team, and the agent was there. Okay. He was an agent for another player, mm -hmm. and uh, it was in, uh, where was this at? It's in Chicago. It's all the way in Chicago. Me, me, my friend Grego, and my uncle. Uh, my uncle drove us all the way to Chicago, like 10, 11 hours from uh, Langston. And it was 250 players there. Yeah. And I made it to the final, like the final four on defense, and uh, out of 200. And uh, for some reason, I didn't make the team. They picked people from Oregon and USC and uh, Stanford, I think it was, to make that team. And it's probably, I, I you know, it's, it's a lot of politics in the game, but maybe I just wasn't good enough. I don't know. Right. But uh, when I walked off, the agent pulled me over there. He said, man, I want to be your agent, man. I see a lot of, you know, potential. potential yeah. yeah. And uh, that's, how that's, that's how that happened. So how was that for you transitioning over from playing the Langston and now you're playing the way the ball? Uh, it, it was no different. Only, only thing I was kind of, to be honest, mm -hmm. I was uh, excited to play players from a D1 level because they, you know, you meet them and you hear other people and they try to act like D1 players are better than any other player. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I, I got it, it was, it was a good, it was a good experience for me because I, I got, a, I got something out of shutting them niggas down. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you, you from Notre Dame? Cool. Watch what I do to you. Smack your ass. Smack you around. Push you to the ground. You know what I mean? Treat you like a little boy. But I've been doing it my whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, but that was a cool experience. That was yeah. cool. And then they asked you, oh, where are you from? Where you went to school? Uh, Langston. Where's that at? Uh, you know, small HBCU. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you, know, nobody you know what I mean? Nah, yeah. nobody ever knows, man. It's crazy. So for you, where, at what point in time did you realize, okay, it's over. my dream may be over? I would say... I don't know what year it was, but I was there about uh, uh, 23, 22. 
maybe 22, I started not being able to make plays that I used to make easy. My body was shut down early. I had never been injured my whole career. I was getting injured left and right, groins, hamstrings, uh, turf toe, my fingers. I mean, all type of injuries. I've never been injured ever. And uh, I can remember trying to run somebody down and you stiff on me. I said, man, that's never happened. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Somebody caught a long, you know what I mean? Somebody ran a post on me that I knew he was running a post and I couldn't stop him. I said, okay, something's up. Like, and it was my body. My, from all those things that I did in college. college. No sleep, college. the drugs, the drinking, the women, all that. Definitely call up on, call up to me. And the crazy thing to think back then, I was invincible. You know what I mean? I used to always tell motherfuckers, uh, I never seen a dog stretch before it chased the cat. You know what I mean? This is like, ah, Torres, you need to stretch. You need to, right. you need to do whatever. And I used to always say, man, I've never seen a dog stretch before it chased the cat. Cause I can just get up. I can yeah. just get up and go dunk the ball, basketball, get up, do whatever. Yeah. You know, my whole life I've done that. And yeah. uh, that definitely caught up with me, man. Early in life, early yeah. in my career. And once that happened, I played one more year down in Texas and uh, we won the championship. And I said to myself, this is it, man. I, I can't play at a high level anymore. It's over. Yeah, and I accepted it then. But you do feel like you gave the sport of football everything you had. I gave it everything I had, man. No regrets. Uh, no regrets. Maybe just regrets, regrets on some decisions I made. Um, you know, my mother asked me a couple questions a couple weeks ago, and I just told her I feel like uh, the game wasn't fair to me. I feel like life hasn't been fair to me. Um, because it was never because I wasn't good enough. I mean, anybody that's ever seen me play or play with me can tell you that. Um, but the reality of it, uh, of it is, is I didn't make the right decisions. And that takes a lot for somebody to admit that uh, I made the mistakes, you know. Um, but yes, on the field, I gave it everything I had all the time. Off the field... Another story. That's a totally different story. I wasn't disciplined at all, at all. Not even, not even close, man. Right. Not even close. Not even close. How long did it take you to realize, on the other side of the spectrum, like you know what, off the field, I didn't give it everything I had. It takes a, it takes a real person to actually realize that, and say, and look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I have to take blame for some of my actions as well. Maybe three months ago. Really? So you quit playing you and you quit playing ball how long ago? At least eight years ago. It's been a while. Yeah. I don't even watch football, I don't watch sports. I'm not into sports. I don't want to do I don't even want to work out anymore. Yeah. And it was because I hated the game. Because I thought it wasn't fair to me. You know? I thought it was because I went to Langston, you know what I mean? That that people overlooked me or, you know, so many different other things, you know what I mean? But in actuality of it all. It was because of me, because yeah. of what I did off the field. Right. When I was in high school, I used to skip class and go to the gym and shoot for money. I'd be in the gym two, three periods. Skip, go to a girl's house, stay at my house, you know, not go to class, you know, all type of wild shit, thinking that since I'm so good, they're going to pass me through. Yeah, because you're the man. I felt like I was. Well, I'm the next one up. Yeah. You know, uh, deep down, I needed somebody to hold my hand. I was still young. I was dumb to a lot of the things. You know, my mother gave me a lot of tough love. 
she was trying to be my mother and my father because my father was never there because he was he was in prison my whole life. Uh, he was there. He called me all the time. He always telling me he loved me. You know what I mean? But my mother was trying to, my opinion, my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk a lot about my mother. Yeah. You know, uh, I love her to death. We bump heads a lot. I think it's because we're the same person. Uh, man, my mom was a bulldog, man. And uh, one of her things is figure it out. You know what I mean? Figure it out. Do whatever. To whatever. That was her whole thing is, you know, you need to grow up and figure it out. That's why she just dropped me off at Langston. Figure it out. I can't hold your hand, son. You know what I mean? She had other things she was battling in her life, but I really needed her to hold my hand, man, and just be my mom and just love me and hold me and just, you know, everything's going to be okay. You know what I mean? And, uh... Didn't really have that too much. I didn't have that, man. At, at At that time when you really needed it. But I really needed it. I mean, again, I, I had it all. I needed it a lot, though. Even at, at Langston, I was only 17. Yeah. You know, still figuring it out, making dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and, and we, didn't, we didn't make it any better because we're your friends. So we kind of encouraging the, the Man, the half party. the time y'all was listening to me. I mean, we really were. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, mean, I was coming people. up with wild stuff to I do. I mean, he always liked the, the ringleader. Yeah, that's crazy. And then a little bit of Joe, and then don't mention Flex. I mean, oh, you know, man. so y'all kind of like. All the good guys. Yeah, y'all, y'all <laughs> leave everything. I love those motherfuckers, you know? man. You know what I'm saying? So y'all created the whole Antoine Teacot. So yeah. y'all leave. So yeah. I, could, I, could, I could see that. Yeah. But, you know, when you leave the ship. Yeah, it all, come, it all comes. Man, I didn't, you know what? I want to say this, man. If I ever steer somebody down the wrong path, you know, I apologize. I didn't know any better. No. I think we all can say that at some point. I didn't know any better. You only know what you know. You only, I, man, I always say that. You <laughs> don't know what you don't know. Well, I said, man, my mom did her best with me, man. And I turned out all right. She did her best, man. And I'm rough on her a lot of times, and I know she's going to listen to this one day, and I want to tell her that I'm thankful for everything she's ever done for me, all the sacrifices, and I appreciate her, and I love love her. We don't say it enough. You know, my mom, like I said, she's a bulldog, man. She's not really that affectionate, but she she acts hard, but she's so soft. You know, it reminds me of myself. You know, somebody says something to me, I take it fucking personal. I don't talk to him for years. I'm like, fuck him, cut his water off, leave him alone. Yeah, Yeah. I tell that to Kim all the time. Cut his water off, fuck him. We don't need him. You know, it's, it's funny that it comes from moving place to place to place when you're younger. And it's like, you know, I think I hold on to you and a couple other other guys because you guys have been my friends the longest. You know, yeah. I moved to different places in California, to Atlanta, to back from Atlanta, to back to California, to back to Atlanta, to Oklahoma, to Texas, to back, you know, and you meet a lot of people. And you learn not to get attached to people. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so it's easy for me to cut somebody off. You yeah. know, that was hard even in my marriage. I'm married as well. I got a wife. Her name is Kayla. I got three kids. They're awesome. But uh, it's, it's even affected my marriage at one point in time. And luckily, she's a strong woman. We made it through. For sure. Yeah. All right, so yes. mentally, for you, once you knew football was over, how did that affect you? Man, um, only reason I say that is because not to cut you off. Only reason I say that is because you see people like Antonio Brown. Okay, he lost football. 
he started like wilding. He lost. He, right. he he started doing the most on social media. I mean, you know, he's doing interviews. He looks lost, you know. So for you, I feel like the reason he's acting like that is because he lost the thing he's had in his he's had in his life his whole life almost damn near. So for you playing ball from knee to a grasshopper, once you know it's over, how how did that affect you? It hurts the ego, you know, because everywhere you go, that's what that's how people know you from state to state, from person to person. They know you from playing ball or working out or so and so. So everywhere you go, they say, "Hey, you still playing ball?" No, damn, what happened? Now you explain every single time, and now you come with the grips of you're just a regular motherfucker now. You don't like that. At that time, no. Yeah, yeah. My, you know, I used to think I was a god, man. You used yeah. to hear the things my mom says to me to pump me up, to get me going. And I just ran with that shit. And I just, I thought I was a god above men. Like, nobody can stop me. I'm invincible. I have a stupid-ass Superman tattoo on my chest because I thought I was untouchable. I mean, this is wild stuff to say at my age now. You know what I mean? I was untouchable. Come on. Who are you? You're <laughs> right. nobody. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's what that gives you. You know what I mean? And when you're a good player... A lot of people feed your ego, you know. As long as you're balling, yeah. As long as you're balling, you know, yeah. you're balling. They think you're going places that, you know, some people want to be your friends for different reasons. And, I mean, if you're doing your thing, you know what I mean? People feed the ego. And that was probably one of the worst things is being a regular motherfucker, answering the questions all the time. Man, I'm not, I'm done with playing ball, you know what I mean? And then the reality comes in, you know, you don't have the, I was getting fat refund checks every every semester, 10 grand, you know what I mean? I was one of the highest paid players at Langston. Um, so now you gotta get a job because you ain't got no money. So now you're just a regular broke motherfucker. You know what I mean? And I like to look good. I like clothes, I like shoes, I like riding clean. I like looking good. And now I'm just regular, regular sitting at my mama's house on a full-time mattress, looking up at the ceiling with the AC not on, you know what I mean? It's so hot and it's like, man, this can't be life, man. I remember asking one of my friends, could he get me on at his job? And he was, uh, it was to be a waiter at some restaurant. And I walked in there and they didn't give me the job, thank God. But I looking around like, man, this can't be, yeah. this can't be it, man. Yeah. No fucking way, I'm out of here, you know. You have to figure it out now. Because yeah. when you're playing ball, everybody figures it out for you when yeah, you're good. For sure. So now you gotta figure it out. So that was tough, man. Yeah. That was a tough transition for me. How'd you adjust? Man, luckily for the the um this is crazy. Luckily for the uh uh, uh the rental team I played for, the guy owned like some kind of roustabout oil field service. And he, you know, he's like, Man, I'll give you a job. Ooh. So I got the job. And then when I would go out when I on the weekends or when I was off, like to the bars and shit, they'll say, Oh, what do you do? I say, Oh, I work in the oil field. Motherfuckers be like, oil field? So it kind of gave me a little bit more, like, yeah, yeah, I, you yeah. Know, I work in the oil field, you know what I mean? I really wasn't, I had the shittiest job in the oil field. I was the trash of the oil field now, you know what I mean? And uh, I used to pump it up like I made so much money. And, uh, you know what I mean? Because that's what people think when you're working on for you have a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, so that fed the ego just a little bit. Yeah. And uh, and I just took everything from football to the oil field without working people. And the grind of it all, I love the grind of it all, and I like I work in everybody, and uh, so it kind of helped me out a little bit. And right. I've been stuck in the oil field ever since. Yeah, sure. So it's like that competitive nature. Yeah, yeah. So I, you use that same competitive nature in football. Use that to real life in your real life job. For sure. And we we take that competitive nature everywhere. You know, life is about being competitive. I think. For sure. So, yeah. I remember you told me that uh, 
you read uh, Rich That Poor Dad. Man, great book. So how did that change your outlook on life? It gave you a different perspective that people don't teach. You know, maybe I have a degree, but they don't teach you how to be uh, like financial stable or financial literacy. You know what I mean? Or how to be your own boss. You know what I mean? They don't teach you those things. And that book just set you apart. It's just open. It's like opening Pandora's box, as people say. It opened my mind to there's bigger things out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I got a job at FedEx at one point in time when I first graduated college, and they was paying me three hundred dollars a week. And I just thought that was just great money. I remember my grandfather saying, hey, man, FedEx is a great company. Man, stay there, man. They got good benefits, blah, 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 blah. Stay there for 40 years. And I thought that was what I was going to do. Right. Until one of my friends, I'm going to name him because he's my buddy, man. He, you know what I mean? Uh, Danny, uh, this is way back. This is 2012. He was, uh, he's like, yeah, man, I got rental properties. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, rent property. You know, he showed me he had a couple rental properties at the time, and for some odd reason, he thought I was making money. I guess I don't know, but he shows me twenty thousand. I'm like, damn, they give me money like that? Like, yeah, man. I mean, therapist with the kids, blah blah blah. You know, he he all thinks he's the shit too. He has ego problems too. You know, he's thinking he's the shit. He's yeah. talking this shit. You know what I mean? That kind of opened my mind too. Like, damn, if this nigga can do it, I can make some money like that too. And the rich dad poor dad just took me to another level after that, man. Yeah. It's definitely if you know, I'm not even a big reader, but that's definitely if people want to start getting into books, I think Rich Dad Poor Dad is the first book you should go to. I remember earlier in the conversation you said the reason you stopped playing baseball is because your father played baseball. Right. I don't know how much of baseball he played, but they said he was a good baseball player. Right. So um, for you, how was your relationship with your dad and uh, not having him in your life? How did that affect you? My dad is a very interesting guy. He uh he passed away a couple years back, I think in 14, 15. Uh, so he's not here any longer. So I, certain things I don't like to say about him because he's not here to defend himself or, you know what I mean? He's, he's just not here. So some things I don't like to talk about, but he's my dad so I can speak on him. Um, my father was locked up my whole life, literally. And he called me every week of my whole life. I talked to him my whole life and never seen him. He'll tell me how sorry he was, how much he loved me, how much he wished he was here for me, what he's gonna do when he get out of jail and he get out and he go right back. Um, that plays a, let me backtrack a little bit because I have a brother named Romero Torres. He's my older brother, he's like two years older than me. So where is he at? He's in uh, Cali, Sacramento somewhere. Okay. Haven't seen him in years. Um, but I remember he used to say to me, you're lucky, man. Dad loves you. And I said, that nigga, man, I don't see him like you don't see him, man. Right. You know me? Fuck him. He, he like, worshipped my father, man. He worshipped him, man. And he thought I was getting something that he wasn't. And what, you know, my father never called him. And I will kind of, no, no, I don't wish that. But it's to fuck with me because he used to tell me how much he loved me and how much he loved my mother and how much he wanted to do this and that for me. But he was never there, ever. And that's the fuck with me. He'll get out, he'll go right back in. It's like, nigga, how you care about me, man? How you care about my mama? How you care about my situation? But you steadily doing this, taking the same mistakes, going to jail and doing this and doing that, you know? Right. Um, but when people would tell me stories about him, people that knew him, you know, they talk about him like, he the greatest man in the world. You know, he was a gangster. 
You know what I mean? He was a fighter, man. He he was a real honest guy. He was he was very you know he. A lot of people say I remind remind them of him. You know what I mean? But I used to hear all type of gangster stories. I used to I used to rob people. I used to knock niggas out. So at a point in time in my life, I used to want to be like my father. You know, because nobody ever talked bad about him to me. Right. No one. So, and I, I told my grandma about that. And, you know, it was a different perspective for her to listen to. And, uh, you know, my, my, my grandfather, my, my mom's father was in jail for t- 25 years straight. You know what I mean? For like a little murder charge or whatever. Right. And nobody ever talked bad about him. They just always talk about how gangster he was. He shot my daddy. And so I was thinking like, oh man, my dad's just gangster. My grandpa shot my daddy. Man, my grandpa must be triple OG, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to be like these dudes. I go to jail and see them and they all buffed up and they creased down and they doing their walk. They're real tough guys and everybody respects them. I said, man, that's how I want to be when I grow up. And I was on that type of shit, you know what I mean? Until one Christmas, my father called. I was at my great grandfather's house and, uh, I didn't want to talk to him. I was mad about him or something. He had supposed to have got out and went back in. I was mad. I was like, I'm done with him. I was like, man, I don't want to talk to him. My great grandma was like, man, get on the phone. Your father respect him. Blah blah blah. My grandpa was like, man, man, shit, man, you don't want to fucking talk to him. You don't want to talk to your grandma. You got to. You know what I mean? They 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 ain't done nothing, man. You ain't got to talk to them niggas. And then, but my grandfather and my and my and my uh, and my family, everybody respects this dude. This dude at grocery stores, rental properties. I mean, back way back when, uh, he went to you know he was in the war as Purple Heart, Silver Star. I mean, he said something. People listen. He was a guy that didn't talk much. I mean, people from the church respected him. The gangsters on the street, on the streets respected him. Women respected him. I mean, everybody respected him. Man, they put his shoes on for him. Make sure he ate first. I mean, this dude was a god to us. You know. And when, when he said that, and I, I just started looking at him like, man, I want to be like you. You know what I mean? I want everybody to love me and respect me like you. Not only because they're afraid of me. You know, somebody having respect for somebody who's, you know, they're scared of is different bet- between somebody respecting somebody who's honorable. You know what I mean? This guy was, he's a God to me. He's a God to a lot of people, man. And I look up to him and I'm, I'm thankful that he was alive. Uh that he was alive long I mean, as, long, as long as he was man I'm thankful for him and my great grandmother man the two people that always says love me the most in this world is my great grandmother and my grandma you know this, the hugs how they hug you Thank you me. just feel like a little you know you just melt man how they feed you your food it's just the food is fed with love you know what I mean right. everything about them is love until I have my daughter there's no one who loves me like my daughter you know, my daughter fights my wife over me. She, my wife can't even hug and kiss me because my daughter don't want nobody touching me. You know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, I was, uh, I have been hardened by life. Uh, and once my daughter came, she just loved me, man. Just the love that I needed, you know. Oh, man, I'm so thankful for it, man. And I got a baby son, too, that I prayed for since I was 10. He's cool. We call him Sun Son. We call him Junior Baby Chuck. He has a million names. The nigga don't even know his real name. His name is actually Christian Junior. He's cool, man. I love that cool dude, man. My kids are athletes. I got an older son. I know I'm going all over the place, man. But I got to talk about my kids. I got an older son. He's a lab. He plays basketball. His name is Javier, man. Javier, they call him Jay Rich. He's my stepson. Uh, he was three years old. Me and my, my wife got together. And, uh, man, if he listened to this one day, I want to I let him know something too, man. 
you know, it was a little tough when me and his mom first got together. I understand that, you know, I, you know, I understand how it is. My mom really never had a dude around, you know what I'm saying? So he was trying to be protective of his mom. Yeah, but I want to so. message to him now is, man, he got everything going for him, man. He's going to be tall. He's going to be fast. He's athletic as hell, man. He's aggressive. He got all the tools in the world that he needs that I wish I had, man. You know, he's going to be 6'4", 6'5", 250. You know what I mean? He's going to be a big dude. I wish I could have been him. Right. He got all the all the things that no one can give you. Only God can give you. Mm-hmm. Um, But he don't want to put the work in. When I tell him stuff, I'm, I'm just that old nigga talking. You know, I done fell into that role now. He look at me, I'm chubby. You know, all I do is work and relax and talk shit. So he don't really understand. I, I could push this dude. Man, he got a bright future, man. And if you work hard, son, you can get anywhere in this world that you want to be. You got every tool that you need. But uh, I can't want it for you. Your mama can't want it for you. Your daddy can't want it for you. You got to want it for yourself, son. Yeah. And you can be the best. Sure. You can be the best, man. I see it in you, man. But you gotta believe it. I can't believe it for you. And uh, you know, one day he gonna get it. Yeah. He gonna get it. But he's just like all the other kids. He just wanna play games and you know play NBA 2K and chill and be on the phone with his friends and shit because he's just a kid. Yeah, man. It's just a kid. Times are different now, man. I mean, times are I know, different. I know when I was. I'm not making excuses for him. No, 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 no. That's I okay. For me, when I was growing up, yeah, and I'm pretty sure you can attest to this. Yeah. We always go outside. We was outside. I, mean, I used to always come in the house. My jeans, jeans tore up because I had grass stains. My mom used to get pissed off. For we sure. Out there playing football. We right. Playing Don't go bust them up. Curveball. Yeah. yeah. We playing, we playing uh, tackle man with the football. So we yeah. always outside. I mean, we had video games here and there, but it wasn't like we were in there playing video games for hours and hours and hours all throughout the day. And times are different now, though, man. You know, you got cell phones, you got smartphones, you got video games. I mean, it's just, it's right. just different times, man. It's different, man. And he has everything he ever wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. His father has it going on. He has it going on at our house. He doesn't need or want for anything. And I understand, you know, we want to give our kids the life we never had. But I think sometimes it cripple us. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm pushing him to be great in something that's just a sport. You know, so. And sometimes I'm rough on him. And if you're listening to this, I want to tell him I love him. I, I love you. And sometimes I'm rough on you. It's called tough love, you know. I gotta give it to you. And sometimes I gotta pull the reins back because he don't see me that much. I go to work, I come home, and now I'm yelling at him. Take the dog out. Clean up the dog. Clean your room. Do this. Take the trash out. Right. Why the trash ain't on the curb? Right. So every time he see me, I'm on him. I'm on him. But it's because I'm on you because I love you. Because anybody that know me, if I don't give a fuck about you, I ain't paying you no attention. I'm saying nothing to you. Right. So, but I don't want to get too deep on him. But that was just his little spiel, man. But maybe is that. You being that pit bull that that used to be that pit bull for you when you grew up. I wish somebody was a pit bull on me. That's I give him what, and, and that's that's interesting because I'm I'm doing to him what I wish somebody would do to me would have done to me. My yeah. mom was kind of hands off a little bit. Hey, go clean your room. Right. Okay. All right, go on. I was out. She wasn't really. She was kind of like the free spirit. Do your thing. This is your life. You make your own fucking decisions. Because at the end of the day, you got to blame yourself. You ain't going to blame me. That's how my mama was. Right. You know, but I really needed her to kind of grab me and be that pit bull on me that I am for him. And I think that's what I'm doing to him. That's crazy that you say that. That is exactly what I'm doing to him. But he's not the same kid that I was. Right. You know. So for you, who who actually, uh, 
who actually inspires you? Like you can speak on you growing up, yeah, or you can speak on right now in your life today. I heard you speak highly on your your grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to I want to be see when when I was coming up, my grandfather was already old. He he wasn't a hard worker at that time. He already made his money. His money was coming in. He, he was more of a mental guy. Say right. why I shit to you. Let me what the hell you talking about. You know what I mean? He was that guy to kind of fuck with you and shit that he used to say to me comes into play now. Right. He taught me life. Um. You know, life is about losses. You know, people talk about the wins, but it's really about the losses. The losses will make you are who you are today. Not the wins. The wins just feed your fucking ego. Trust me, I've had a lot of wins. And my ego was, you know, I was telling him earlier, telling Kim earlier today, I've been beaten to submission. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anybody that know me back then, I was a wild guy, man. Life has literally beat me into submission to the guy that I am today. I'm like a broken must, like a broken, like thoroughbred. You know, yeah. I don't, I go, I go to work and I go home and I love my kids and my wife. I don't even leave. I don't go to the movies. I don't go out. So I'm super scared of getting into some shit, getting in trouble. But to go back and what you said, uh, my grandfather was very mental for me. Um, seeing him was good for me to know how to run a family. So I know how to be a man of your household. But there's other people that taught me other things. Uh, when people ask about my work ethic, I always go back to three people. My mama spoke it into me. I didn't really see her working hard. She didn't show me an example of it really, but she always spoken it to me to be a hustler. Always do your best. You're gonna do something, go 100 miles per hour. Um, if, you, if you're gonna play football, make every play a highlight tape. Um, be better than everybody else. Show up on time, stay after, you know what I mean? Push yourself. Those are all the things that she used to put into me verbally. I tell them about my grandmother that I, uh, indirectly learn how to work hard from. She worked at a PG&E for 40 years straight. She'd go in two hours early, leave two hours uh, late to get that four hours overtime a day. You know what I mean? On top of her eight hours, yeah. every single day, I seen her do that. You know what I'm saying? The job don't open up to seven, she's there at five opening up. Oh, I gotta get that easy overtime, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Job don't close, it closed at three, she home at six. Oh, you know, I had to clean up in there and do whatever, you know what I mean? Working her little system. So I directly learned hard work through her too. But another person uh, is my cousin, Triana, one of the greatest track, best track play, track, track runners ever lived, man. One of the greatest athletes ever lived. Is she in Cali or? She, she's in Cali. Okay. And I mean, she's amazing, man. She's a dog, man. She was dogs of dogs back in the day. She's a couple years older than me. And when she was about 10, I mean, she was the most, man, she was so focused and so determined and knew exactly what she wanted to do at 10 now. We're talking young, you know. Yeah. She was determined, man. And me seeing her, I mean, you walk in her room, you'll see hundreds and hundreds of medals just lined up around her wall. And I remember walking, because you walk through her room to get to the restroom, and, you, and when you walk through and get to the restroom, on the wall right there will be a goal list or goal sheet or some shit. And I remember it was like 95, 96, something. It was, I mean, it was the 90s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every, every day is not correct here. But I remember looking on there and seeing like 2014 Olympics. Yeah. 2012 Olympics, whatever the Olympics were. Yeah. But it was like 2000 or something. I'm like, I was so lost. Like, what the, 
1995. This is a Topod, you know, me back up. And she got this on here, and I and I, I just was confused with it every day. And I just had to ask my auntie at the time, like, what, is she, what is this about? Oh, she wants to go into the Olympics when she's older. She wants to be a professional athlete. She had her goals. She had her goals set. She was so, dreamy. Yeah. And that's the first time. And she said, what do you want to be? And I had to sit back and think, like, damn, what do I want to be? I wanted to be a veterinarian at the time. Veterinarian, a baseball player. I wanted to be a boxer. I had so many things going through my head. But she taught me how to dream and she taught me how to how to implement hard work and how to be dedicated and focused. She was so focused. Man, it blows my mind when I think about how focused she was as a kid. At an early age. At an early age. And, and it's and it's one more guy. Yeah. In high school. We used to be best friends. We haven't talked in 10 years. His name is, I ain't gonna say his real name, I'm gonna say Double A. People who know him know what I'm talking about. He was, he was a guy that worked hard and was focused and he was determined. And it seemed like nothing distracted him on what he tried to do. And he was a very vital part of my life. He kept me in line and uh, I always wanted to be better than him and I always wanted to show him I was better than him. And some things I was and some things I wasn't. You know what I mean? We, we had to continue battle. I think I made him better. He made me better. And uh, what's crazy is he has a father, right? Mr. Allen. Mr. Allen's this cool motherfucker. Just sleek and smooth. Reminds me of, uh, of your pops. pops. You know what I mean? He's always suited and booty. He wears his, he doesn't really wear a tie, but he wears a dress shirt with it tucked in. Belt nice and tight. You know what I mean? Tall guy. Real smooth, brother. With the, with the fade. I mean, you know what I mean? You can tell he was that nigga back in the day. Yeah. And uh, he used to push double A, man. So hard, man. And I used to be like, thank God I ain't got a father. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy how you look at things on two sides of the fence. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Don't tell me how he was looking at me. Triple A might have been like, damn, this nigga got it easy. He can do any. He can always go out and go anywhere he want. And then I look at Double A like, damn, nigga, your daddy is strict, boy. You know what I mean? Your daddy, is, he was certain things he couldn't wear. He couldn't, I mean, but he was successful. He ended up being successful, man. And uh, I looked up to his dad, man. He was a cool guy, man. And to, you know, to go back on my father, he wasn't there for me. But man, that nigga lit up a fire up under me that nobody else in this world could have. And I'm thankful for that, man. He pushed me to some places in my mind. I'm talking about my mind now. He pushed me to some places in my mind that nobody else could have done. Is it because him not being there? The hate or for him. The hate. The hate. Fueled me. Okay. Because everywhere I go, you look just like him. You look like your daddy. Oh, man. You act just like your, your daddy used to say that. So you hear about your daddy, but you don't see it, man. Never. And I talk to him every week. Imagine that. Right. And then everywhere I go, they say I remind him of him. So I, I didn't want to be nothing like him. And and I hated him. You know what I mean? I love him. You know what I mean? I never was disrespectful to him or nothing like that. But I just hated it all, man. I had a lot of hate and hurt in my heart, man. I mean, that nigga pushed me, man. I think I remember I got got caught stealing one time and they took me to juvenile my mom and she, my mama finally come and got me out and she said man you're gonna be just like your daddy doing shit like that i mean she never talked bad about my father so you're gonna be just like your daddy and man i went to the room and bawled and cried and cried and i got up and i just ran i might have ran 10 miles i just ran and ran and ran and ran and uh after that day i've never stopped working hard man and, and now i think that's a part of the fear of me not going out me staying in the house. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get into altercations. That's what I'm saying. Life is beating me down, man. Now I'm just 
I don't know, man. It's crazy when you think back and talk about it. Yeah. Right I've been beat down to submission, literally, like I'm a broken horse. Right. So nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I used to be a pit bull. I'm just so nice. My kids are broken me down. I just love them. You know, it's cool, man. So for it's you cool. to, uh, you said you hated it. So yeah. is it still hate? No, 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 okay, no, okay. no. You said it like it's past tense, so. Yeah, no. Was it something recently you just, like how long ago did you decide to go ahead and release that? Now, at the end of his life, he got out and he started doing the right things. He started working. He had him a job. He hated his job, but he knew that's what he needed to do. I remember he called me talking about he had holiday pay. He couldn't believe it. he had time off. You know what I mean? He was getting credit cards. He had cars. He was actually doing some some great things. And me and him had conversations about, you know, he couldn't be my father. He could be my friend. But I wanted you, I wanted him to be a grandfather to my kids. And and we agreed to that. And, you know, I think he would have been a great grandfather because he was so loving, man. He was so serious, but he was so loving. He would have loved my, my babies. And he never got that chance, man. That kind of hurts me, man, because I wish I wish he would have got that chance to, to make up what was wrong. Um, yeah, man. I, I'm thankful for that man, man. He, he pushed me for sure. And uh, I, I forgave him. And I know it's a lot of people that go through the same thing, man. And uh, sometimes it hurts you more to hate them. It, it, it helps you more to forgive them. You know, you don't hurt nobody but yourself. You're not hurting them. You're hurting yourself, man, when you walk around like that, man. Pissed off. Man, just pissed off at the world for no reason, man. Right. You know? And, uh, man, I love my father. I wish he was still here with us. Um, I talk, like I said, I talk a lot of shit about him, but he's my father. I can do that. I love him, though. He's a great guy. Uh, he's a stand-up guy. I get my honesty from him. Yeah. I get my, uh, I get my looks from him. I get my swag from him. I get my fucking... The chip on my shoulder from him. I get, I get, uh, 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 I, you know what I mean? People can hurt my feelings easy, especially if I love you. I care about you. You do one thing, I'm ready to, you know what I mean? Fuck you. You know, I'm ready to fight you, ready to cut you off. I get that from him. I take everything literal. I take everything serious and I get all that from him. I'm so much like him. It's ridiculous. So, to let's switch lanes for a little bit. I'm cool with that. What have you learned about yourself in this crazy, crazy year of 2020? This year alone. This year alone, what have you learned about yourself? The good and maybe the bad. Let me see, man. It's a good question. Um, the older I get, I realize how how much I'm like my great grandfather with finances and just being so chill and so serious all the time. So serious all the time. I realize how much I love my kids and my wife. Um, I think about death a lot. I don't know if that just comes with me just getting older, and I just think about. You know, everything's like a rush to me. How much I need to leave my family. How much money I need to leave them. How much stuff I need to leave my kids. You know what I mean? I'm so worried about them now. You know what I mean? That's how I work how, Work hard, how I do. Um, I, I'm Here recently, I'm just with this thing, just being so honest with myself and the world. 
I'm so apologetic to everybody now. I tell everybody thank you a thousand times. I'm so nice and just so mellow and chill. You know, I've never been like this. Uh, you know, I mean, just the other day, I, you know, this lady was fixing me a subway and I'm just telling her, thank you for the anchovies. Thank you for the cheese. You made the best sandwich ever. And it's just like, she's looking at me just, and I'm just like, sorry for being weird. In my mind, I'm, like, I'm being so weird, but I'm just so thankful. Right. I'm so thankful for it all, man. You know, when, when I was a kid, I used to look at my life. I just wanted to go to the league. I never thought about nothing afterwards. And the only reason I wanted to go to the league was, you know, to buy my mama a house, to buy my grandma that black Cadillac, so my grandfather would be proud, so I could party like a motherfucker. You know, me be with all the bitches and have the cars and the money. You know, but I never thought about what after that. Yeah. You know, I never thought about being married. I just always wanted a son. Um. So you know, life is real, man. You know, it's real for me now. It's like I'm counting backwards now for some reason. You know. Yeah. Um. Think about all the good times you had and shit, you know, but everything now is for my kids. You know, man, I'm dog tired when I get out work 14, 15 hours, but some kind of way I must have the strength to drive home every day, swerving lane to lane. You know what I mean? I don't know how I do it, but it's just to get home to my kids for four hours, just to get home to my wife, to kiss on her, fill on her booty, you know what I mean? To talk shit to Javier, make him take the trash out, to hold my dog, all the things that really matter in life. Right. You know? So why do you think maybe? Just asking. Yeah. Hypothetically speaking, question. Yeah. Why do you think it's like not cool? Not saying it's not cool to me. I'm not saying this is my opinion. I'm just okay. saying, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Why do you think it seems like it's not cool to not be a loving, caring husband? Well, in our age group, especially, you know, we was raised in the 90s of the pimps and the players and the gangsters. Mm -hmm. You know, it was never cool to me to have a girlfriend and get caught loving on her. When I was in college and I see a guy with a girl, you know what I mean? I said, oh, public affairs, public affairs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make it a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it wasn't cool to love a woman. Love her behind closed doors, but not in front of everybody because I want to be a player. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that all comes from that. I remember when I was in fourth grade, my first my first girlfriend, her name was Brianna White, right? The finest girl ever in fourth grade. Yeah. We're talking fourth grade. And I remember, uh, <laughs> man, this is crazy. I remember Valentine's, my wife is cool, so I can talk about shit like this. So Valentine's, this is fourth grade too, but yeah. you know, I'm mean, y'all. So Valentine's Day is coming up, right? And I'm like, man, I mean, I seen how happy my mama was, people buy her stuff, and my cousins, how, you know what I mean? How they were so happy when they got flowers and blue. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm about to deck it out this year, you know? I was always a hustler, you know? I used to take trash out for a dollar, the whole neighborhood. So I had $30, $40, right, right. you know what I mean? At this age, eight, nine years old. And uh, I bought her some, like, flowers and a card. And then in the card, I gave her $5. And then my uh, cousin gave me some Tweety Bird necklace that some guy gave her to see once. So I put the gold Tweety Bird necklace in there. And she was all decked out and happy. And then her mom was like, uh, who gave you all this? And called my mom and told her. Yeah. And then, but then I didn't buy my mama nothing for Valentine's Day. And so, like I said, my mom was a bulldog, man. She's like, oh, so you buy some little bitch uh, some flowers and balloons and give her the money? Yeah. And you know what I mean? I could use that $5 to put right. on an electric bill. You give her that gold chain? Right. Don't be spending no money on no girl. And we will, you know what I mean? So, indirectly, she already gave me, it was a no-go to give any woman any money to love them publicly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? They do that. The single the single mom, she loves her son so much. You know, they protect them both of them. They don't want nobody to love them but them. And they don't want, you know what I mean? They don't want you to love nobody but them type of sure. thing. Indirectly, they do these things. And uh, since then, I was like, man, you know, I'll be a player. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, my mom ain't get mad at me, you know what I mean? But that's where it comes from. But then, when you when you finally get a woman. There you go. You know, in college, I had a couple of good women that would do anything for me. Yeah. And I used to sabotage it. Like, this is too good. You know, you know what's, she, what's she trying to do? She must want something from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I sabotage, I treat them like shit, you know? And uh, my wife is so strong, man. She, she's fucking held it down for the test of time. It's unbelievable, you know? And she kind of doesn't force me. She lets me do my thing. And as the years pass, you realize who's down for you. Yeah. You know, it's not your friends. It's not your homeboy. You know, uh, what she does for me, Kimpo, you can't do for me. I, I probably don't want to do for you. Yeah, but what I mean, you know, I we, you. we talk about that aspect, yeah, but, you know, she's the one there wiping my tears. She's the one holding me at night. She's the one telling me it's going to be okay. She's the one I have sex with. She's the one who gave birth to my kids. You know what I mean? Gave me everything that means something to me. So she has to mean something to me. Yeah. And um, That got to mean something. That yeah, comes from a lot. Yeah. And, and and I can see the wave has it has changed as when I first got married, my friends used to say, oh, that's the first player down. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, one player down, take his player card. So now they're saying, damn, bro, that's beautiful. I can't wait to find me a woman like that. I can't wait to be married and have kids and, and do the whole house thing, you know? So it's, it's crazy how, how life changes, how it changes. Yeah, yeah I think, sure. I think growth, man. I, I think yeah, it comes with the growth, sure. So for you, Therese, yeah. you're a very private and small circle type guy. For sure. Have you always been that way? And if so, why? It goes back to the beginnings. Uh, my mom was, was private at first. And she's, you know, she always says, what goes on in this house goes on in this house. Don't tell nobody what goes on outside of this house. You know what I mean? So it starts there. And then... You know, you meet people and they slime ball you. You tell somebody something, they tell somebody. And then they, they start being, we used to move so much that I never really had friends. So I start being to myself. You know what I mean? It starts there. And then you realize when you get older, everybody's not your friend. Everybody's, you know what I mean? Everybody don't have your best interest. It's not okay to tell everybody your dreams. Because what do they do? They talk down on them or they take your ideas. So I've learned to just be to myself and and talk to the people that I trust, and that's it. And that's why it was hard for me to come do this podcast because I didn't want everybody to know about my life. I didn't want everybody to know about me. I like being uh, mysterious, private, private. And when people see me, they still think I'm from ten years ago, smoking and drinking and popping pills and and fucking on bitches and doing all this crazy shit. When that's, I mean, that's the total opposite of who I am and what I do. You know what I mean? So I think it's good to be private to a certain extent. But I think that causes problems as well. And that's why I'm trying to be more open and honest with myself and the world at this point in time. Because that hurts. it hurts people too when you be private like that. I mean, it hurts your relationship. You know what I mean? At the yeah. beginning, certain things I didn't want to tell my wife, you know? And now I, I, I still think that I don't tell people in whole, but it messes up relationships, man. You know, because they look at you like, what you hiding? Why you won't tell me? Why you don't open up to me? You don't love me? You don't care about me? You, think I, you know what I mean? They start playing things in their mind. You think I'm not shit? You know what I mean? What are you doing? You doing something outside of this? Why wouldn't you come home? You're quiet. You know, so it, it plays games with them. Yeah. So you got to 
you know what I mean? I think over time, like I said, man, I've been, man, life has beat me down, you know? So all those walls have been, they're slowly just cracking and falling, man. Yeah. yeah. So for you, what do you think um, has helped you kind of mold into this, just be honest all the time? Yeah, and I just started that, by the way, like three days ago. Yeah. And uh, I started it really when I fasted. And it feels good, man. Because my whole life I've been telling myself I was somebody I wasn't. I've been telling myself I'm a god. I'm the greatest football player to ever walk to earth. I'm the cleanest motherfucker. I'm the finest motherfucker to ever. You know what I mean? Just me feeding into my ego. But I needed that to keep going. Yeah. I needed that to reach the level that I've reached. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you get older and you realize those things, you know, it, it don't mean nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. It means nothing. It's not about yourself anymore. It's about how you make somebody else feel. It's about how many people you help. You know what I mean? You get, you think about all your, not like men, female relationships, but just relationships with people over the years. And sometimes you forget what a motherfucker says to you, but you never forget how they treated you or how you felt when you was dealing with that person, how loved you felt or how hated you felt. You know, you can always remember that racist motherfucker that, you know what I mean, that treats you so you could come in the store because you was black or I'm just making an example. Yeah. You never forget those things and you never forget how your grandma used to hug you when you was a baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? You never forget that bike your mama first bought you or just whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You don't forget the love, man. You don't forget the love and I think that's uh, what I'm about now. Just being honest with myself. Man, you're just Christian Torres, man. You know, you're a father and you're a husband and you're a friend and you're a brother. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that's you, okay. And that's okay to be. That's fine. That's okay to be, man. Nothing's wrong with that. Man, and it feels good to be honest with yourself, man. And you know, I think a lot of people should try it, man. They might feel a little better about themselves. Yeah, sure. And then, uh, you know, what and what you perceive comes out into life, you know? Were you told, man, um, what do you think is one thing as black people? Yeah we constantly do that we should stop hmm now, this is just your opinion question it's your opinion you can take it any way you want to just as a black community as a whole what do you think is one thing we do as a whole that we should stop i got to be honest man this is be yourself and we don't say it i have to be honest so it's, it, this question can go a thousand miles it's a it's a unlimited answer to this yeah. but i'm talking for myself uh, a couple of days ago, it was my mother-in-law's birthday, and we went out to Ted's to go eat. It's me, Kayla, and the kids, and her. And I see this, I see this dude walking in the door. He's coming in with his girl, his kids, right? I look up, he's mugging me down, black man. Mugging me down. And I'm looking up like, like, nigga, what you, what you want? Like, you know what I mean? In my mind, I'm getting defensive. I'm the gay, he hasn't said anything, he has done it to me, but I think we do that to each other. Off the look. Man, I think we judge each other and we automatically like get into some mode. I can't even explain it, man. It's weird. I don't even know why I was doing that to him. I don't know why he was doing it to me. It's like he wanted to let me know he's tough. And I'm like, yeah, I'm tough too. You know what I mean? I, I don't know why we do that. Right. And I think we should love one another more. When I first got here, I was driving down the street and everybody fucking waves at you. I look, they're trying to be funny. They're being racist. You're trying to set me up. Why y'all waving at me? Right. Everybody's waving at you, you know what I mean? Everybody's just showing hospitality, but just being cool. Where I'm from, you don't look at nobody. You know, you're looking at somebody who's like, what you trying to do to me, nigga? You trying to, trying to rob me? You trying to set me up? Well, y'all look familiar? You know, you get defensive uh, automatically. That's the type of place that I come from. And uh, I think we do that to each other. 
not knowing it. You know what I mean? I look, you know, and that's my thing. We can start there. Right. We need to love each other a little, little better, man. Sure. Nobody's better than nobody. For sure. Yeah. So, I remember you had me watch a video on YouTube called The Rice Experiment. Yeah. It was something about that video. Yeah. I actually took, I took that video to me, in my opinion, a whole different way. Okay. I actually wanted to apply that to a, my own life. Right. That's what the purpose. Right. And uh, for you, you can explain a little bit if you want to, what you've seen in the video, what the video's about, if you want to. But also, more importantly, why that video and how it affected you. And what was your outlook on the video? Okay. I sent a lot of wild, way out stuff to Kenfo. I call him Kenfo. He feels like family. You know what I mean? So I, I sent a lot of wild stuff to him. And we talk about a lot of wild out, way out stuff. And I sent him a video, you know, because uh, life has has beaten him down a little bit. And his perspective of life has changed over the years. And uh, he seems a little, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me watch how I word my words. The way he views the world is not the same as when I first met him. And I was just trying to show him something that how you see things in your mind and what you speak that comes out your mouth comes out into the universe so i sent him this video of it's the the rice experiment or the plant experiment and you get you get three different plants right so you, you and you, you know they're the same age or whatever they're the same height the same amount of water same amount of soil and you say in one plant you put the good plant the middle plant you put the bad plant and then the third plant is the you just ignore it so every morning you go you spend Five minutes talking to the good plant. You tell him how beautiful he is. You tell him how high he's going to grow. How many fruits are going to fall from him. You know, just how he looks and, you know, how you love him so much. It's positive, yeah. It's just so positive to the plant. And he just grows beautifully. And you go to the middle plant. You tell him how ugly he is, how you'll never be nothing. You're just a weed. You're not shit. You just talk to him. You're the scum of the earth. You just talk to this plant any kind of way you want to. All kind of bad things. Yeah. And the plant will not grow. Yeah. It will die. The soil would but start building mold. You talk to the third plant. I mean, you don't. You just look at the third plant. You don't even say nothing to him. And it just it grows to a certain level, and then it just falls over. And these are real things, man. You, you're speaking that life into that plant. The world is alive. Even small things as plant and rice and water. You know, these things are alive. The universe is alive. The, I mean, the universe has to be alive for things to grow on it, for people to be able to live on it. Yeah. And uh, if you can speak that into a plan, imagine what, how you, you know, I mean, what you can speak into another person's life or what you can speak into your own life. Yeah. If, if you talk to yourself, you say, man, I'm not shit, man. I ain't got no dad. I ain't got no mom. I ain't got no job. Oh, man, I need a miracle. Nothing's ever going to happen to you. You're going to fall into depression. Your life is going to be shit. If you tell yourself, I'm going to be the, you know, when we talk back about the ego and I say, how, I say, I'm a, I don't, you know, I mean, I'm a God amongst men. I'm the best football player to ever live. That pushed me, and when I was really out there, I really thought I was the best. Now, I'm not the best athlete, but I used to make plays that other people couldn't because I literally thought I was the best. It was in my mind. When people ran my way, I took it at disrespect, and I got mean, and I did mean things to them. I hit them hard as I could, put my body on the line for it because I felt disrespected. How dare you run my way? I'm going to kill you, and that's what I tried to do. You know what I mean? And and that faded to other things. And, you know, just like a kid, when you ignore me, 
he does bad things after now trying to get attention and eventually he just dies because he feels like no one loves him it's the same thing with the plants yeah you know what i mean he's speaking life into things so when you tell somebody they ain't shit, you know what i mean they start believing it you know when you look into somebody you say man you're the greatest that ever lived when i look at my son i say you're the greatest tourist that ever lived you'll be a you're gonna be a god man you're gonna be the best football player that ever lived and my wife's just looking at me shaking her head you know what i mean doing all the time and i tell my my daughter she's gonna be the best soccer player that ever stepped foot on this earth nobody's more prettier than you nobody's more fast than you my wife just sits there and shakes her head and you know when my, when my son is working out i ask him well, you tired he dog tired by the way i say you tired no, I said, man, you're right, because you don't get tired. You don't get tired. Nobody's better than you. Yeah. You're the best. That's why nobody can keep up with you. Yeah. And it just builds them up. Whether it's a truth or a lie, it doesn't matter. But you're working on the psychological, and they think they start to think that they are what you say they are. Now, if you say to them, if my mom would say, nigga, you ain't shit, you be just like a daddy. All you're going to do is go to jail. All you're going to do is be a gang. You ain't shit. You ain't going to go to college. You ain't going to do nothing. She just pounded me down, but she did do that to me. She did. She never done that to me. You know what I mean. She always spoke good of me. You know, and and that's what gave me the fight. When life beat me down. I think that's. I think that's definitely true. And uh, because I know sometimes, just on the. Sometimes just for something small. Yeah. For me, like small words, like as if someone just telling me I love you. Yeah. For me, I used to take um. Uh. I just just take that and just be like, okay, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But now, when I hear that word, I love you, like, it does something to me. Yeah. You know, sometimes I either I answer my phone and I hear my cousin say that to me or whoever, my friends or whatever, or if they leave me a voicemail and I check it later on and I hear that I love you, it really does something to me. Yeah. And that right there, just like you were saying, speaking the whole, just positive, just yeah. being, you know, you're gonna be the greatest. You're the prettiest. You're, you know, you're gonna be just right, right there alone. And I, I was able to translate that with my relationship. Yeah, and, sure. And I feel like I have been that person to do kind of be negative towards the wrong person. We, I shouldn't, I shouldn't pour out my negative thoughts, my my anger, my my negative vibes, my negative energy into the person that feels the exact same way I do. She doesn't deserve it. No, and, and we usually attack the people that's closest to us. And I'm I'm sorry, because you don't deserve that. And you know, that's I, that's all I can say is I'm sorry, and I'll do better. Of course, that, that's all I can do. That's where I, it starts. I can I can start right there. Yes, sir. And say I will do better because that person does not deserve that at all. And that comes back to being truthful and honest to yourself. And when you're saying that, it feels good. It feels good, but it hurts of at course. the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wish it wasn't like that. I wish that the life, our life, wasn't set up like that. You know, right? Because when I see, you know, your kids, yeah, you know, yeah, I love it. Like, I, I see you and Kayla. I see the way y'all look, y'all kids. You, you know, you come in there, you know, you holding your kids, man. So I, it's beautiful. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I know how that feels, and so it's like, man, you know. That's real to me, right. and so that's why when you when you sent me that video, I, I looked at it in a different way for me, and and kind of seen how that can reflect my life and my setup, you know. Yeah, for sure. But for you, Toe, you always make the comment. You have a motto that goes by "Don't quit, never." 
What do you mean when you say don't quit? Like I've said, man, life has broken me. You know? I've won a lot, but I have lost so much more. My mom used to say, man, you, you'll never win if you quit. If you quit, it's over. It's, it's over. You'll never have a chance. You'll never have a chance ever because it's over. You already quit. But you can't beat somebody who doesn't quit. Imagine fighting somebody who doesn't want to stop. Eventually, you're going to stop because you're too tired. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then I won. <laughs> right. You know, so, you know, she never let me quit anything. She always told me, you know, quitters never prosper. You quit, you'll never win. You know, we don't raise no quitters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, my mom's last name is Christian. You know, Christians are no quitters. Tourists are no quitters. No matter what, you never quit. You know, and uh, I kept it rolling, man. And thank God, because uh, man, I I have uh, had a lot of hardship, man, and I've been beat down a lot, but I never quit. And uh, now I'm where I, I never thought I'd be. So, and I still I, I still get hit with stuff, man. Still, you know what I mean? I still get hit with life, man. You know. And I just tell you that a lot of time, man. Just don't quit, man. Whatever happens, don't quit. It's going to get hard, man. Don't quit, though. People don't respect quitters. You know what I mean? Nobody respects a quitter, man. So, you know, I, I take that and I run with it, man. For sure. So I always want to ask you, man. Let's do it. What is your, what is your ethnicity? I know you're Puerto Rican, part Puerto Rican, right? Yes. yes. And part black. Yes. My mother's black. My father is Puerto Rican. My mother's full blood black, and my my father's full blood Puerto Rican. Um, man, where do I start with this? What, what side do you want to start on? Man, let's let's start with the Puerto Rican side. Very interesting. I got uh, three aunties. I got one uncle. And I have a living grandmother that I know about. I really don't know about my Puerto Rican side. I'm very proud of it, though. Uh, like I said, my father was in prison my whole life, so that connection is kind of at somewhat level lost. Um. You know, I always say no one has, no one loves me like my grandmother. So I have my grandmother and my great grandmother on my mama's side that loves me like no other. You know what I mean? I'm their favorite. But then I have my other grandma, who seems like, to be fully honest, like she doesn't give a fuck about me. I haven't talked to her ever. Maybe you know when I was a little younger, but you know, when you when you know how grandma is supposed to love you, and then you don't get loved over here on this area on this side of your family it's like you know you feel like you're not good enough you fit you, you forget about all these people that do love you and you start paying attention to the people who don't care about you and it's like damn you know i would love to sit down and have a conversation with her maybe one day maybe one day she hears it and she reaches out to me because my number never changed since i was a 10th grade i got the same number but i don't know her number i don't know where she's at um uh, i don't know anything and uh you know, maybe we probably won't ever have a relationship, but it's, I would love to have a sit-down conversation and just get down to the nitty-gritty of it all. I'm grown enough to have it, and I think she's grown enough to have it, but I've always felt like I wasn't loved, and I felt like I wasn't good enough. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the relationship with her, my father or if it was just me. I just don't know. Um, 
my aunties, they were young. They were trying to figure out their life. They couldn't reach out and, and uh, maybe be there for me like how my my mother's brother is, my uncle. Um, so, you know, I'm, get, I'm getting mixed signals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My uncle from my mother's side treats me a certain way, but then my uncle on my Puerto Rican side, it seems like I don't matter. You know what I mean? And I don't know, man. It fucks with you as a kid. It's like, man, y'all know I'm out here. Y'all know I'm alive. Y'all know I'm somewhere. But then y'all don't reach out to me. Like, y'all don't give a fuck about me, you know? Uh, later, these last couple of years, my aunties have came into play. And they call me and they tell me Happy Father's Day. And they call me on Christmas and my birthdays. And they buy my kids um, gifts. And I'm so very thankful for that. They, they've uh, One of my cousins uh, was in the Army. He had just graduated. And they came down to see him. And we all got together. And I brought my daughter down, and uh, I don't know where the army base is, I forget, but my two aunties and me and my daughter went down there all together, and we hung out, we went out to eat, and it was just so cool. I mean, it's nothing like family, it's nothing like looking at your bloodline, knowing where you come from and who yeah. you are. You know, I don't know too many Puerto Ricans, and when I look at them, I'm like, okay, this is where I come from. This is this is why my nails and arms and skin is the way it is, why my hair is out. You know, so I'm so proud of them, you know? And maybe I need to have a conversation with them too. But you you, you don't know what life has thrown at them. Yeah. So, you, you know, uh, I used to judge them. But at the age and at the place I'm at now, I just don't judge anybody because you just don't know. Yeah. You know, you can come up with anything in your head from outside looking in. But it, it's definitely probably a deep and good conversation that I need to have with them, man. One day. Man, one day, man. Because I don't, I don't know my grandfather's name. I don't know if he had brothers and sisters. Yeah. Uh, I know they grew up in New York and Brooklyn, you know, but that's all I know. I don't know anything else about them. Right. And it's uh it's wild, man. So your grandmother, is she in California or on my Puerto Rican side? Mm-hmm. I think she's in Miami. Like she I really said, I don't know. know. Right, right. I, I probably didn't haven't talked to her since I was eight or something. Wow. I probably haven't seen her since then. I went to New York with my father back in the day when he was out and I seen her uh, we went to her house and we lived there. And it was cool, you know, I felt a little out of my element because they talk a little Spanish with mixed with a little English <laughs> and they eat a little different. You know, but it was a good, it was a good experience just knowing who you are, you know, just knowing where you come from. Uh, so you know a little Spanish too? I know a little Spanish, man. But did you, was it self-taught? It's been self-taught over the years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I can go places and speak a little Spanish. I'm not just super fluent, but I can understand. Yeah, yeah. And have a little conversation, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, and uh, on my mother's side, my, my uncle, man. I gotta give my uncle his just too, man. I gotta give him his roses real quick. Yeah. Uh, me and my uncle used to be super, super tight. I used to talk to him every day like I talk to you all the time. I call my uncle and bullshit around and tell him how a bad motherfucker I am and what I've been doing. And he's the kind of guy that kind of listen and laugh and hype you up, you yeah. know? Hey, oh, really? Oh, really? What she look like? Or, oh, would you put some 24 on yeah. You know what I mean? They kind of like that boost that you need, you know? Yeah, that for me. Yeah. yeah, man, we used to be super tight, man. I don't talk to him really. I talk to him every blue moon, man. Uh, man, I really, if he listens to this, man, I wish we could, you know, man, oh, man, I want to get that relationship back, man, because I love you, man. Uh, man, I thought you were the coolest guy ever growing up, man. He was the DJ down here in Oklahoma City, man. He used to kill the clubs, man. Everybody used to think he was so cool. You know, he went to Langston. He was the man down there, man. You know, I remember coming down, uh, visiting my uncle, and he taking me up to Langston. We're going through Centennial. You know, he living that whole college life, man. He was just so cool to me, man. He had the braids, and he was a cute, man. He was just so, oh, man, I can give you story after story. And he was the DJ, man. He was killing it. Yeah. He was so dope, man. 
yeah. always looked up to that dude, and I still do, man. I want to let you know I love you, huh? You know, I love you, man. Sure, thank you for everything, huh? And, and, and you know, my uncle was young, too. I think we're only like 16 years or something like that apart. We're not that yeah. far apart. And he was trying to live his life and trying to yeah. figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, he couldn't really... You know, I'm not his son. He can't take care of me. You right. know, I, I wish he could have put a little bit more hands on me and kind of, you know, I wish he could have put a little bit more hands on me when I was younger. You know, I needed it for sure. You know, but you got to, like I said, you don't know what he's going through. You know, he got to live his life too. He was That's only 20 something. You know, he's still young. You know, but oh man, I just want to give you your roses, man. And I, and I thank you for everything, man. I love you, huh? So, Tom, you have to be honest with, you, with yourself right now. Yep. So you had two different grandpas, right? Two yeah, I had a great on my mother's side. I had a great grandfather, and I have a grandpa. And people get them mixed up because okay, yeah. So those two, your father, your grandmother, and your mother. If the question came about right now at this very moment in your life, do you think that you're making them proud? Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm my father's and my grandpa. My grandfather's wildest dream maybe not my great grandfather because he did a whole lot of great things uh but i don't think he would be i don't think he he couldn't believe what i'm doing now there's no way i mean i'll blow him away it would be so funny to have those conversations with him but i'm my father's and my grandfather's wildest dream for sure by far yeah uh but it's no man it's nothing i wouldn't do to hear my great grandfather just hug me and just tell me how proud he, he is of me it just, you know, you just, oh man, that would mean the world to me. If he was here to see my kids and see what I was doing, and for me to just have conversations with him again, it's, yeah, oh man, that would mean the world, man. He's the greatest man to ever live. He's yeah. a God to me. For sure. Yeah. So, Toad, for 2020, man, I know it's crazy again, like I said earlier. Yeah. Do you still have any goals for this crazy, crazy 2020 year? Yeah, man. This year, I, I plan to pay off everything I own. I want to be debt free. By January 1st, I want to own everything I have and everything to be paid off at this point in time. And I want my family to be safe. And, you know, I want them to love me. Straight up. Yeah. I'm more, you know, what's crazy is, you know, my wife is a little old skinny woman, you know, at, at the house. Everybody's scared of her. She's the beast. You know what I mean? She fucking disciplines everybody. And when I come in the door, everybody loves me. It's just playing. I want to be everybody's friend. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I want them to love me. For you to, um, from you starting, let's just say, okay, we can say California. Yeah. We'll say Atlanta. Yep. We'll say. Uh, Shout out to my people in LA, man. It's sad. Stockton, man. What up? We'll say Langston. We'll go to Texas. Yep. Is it anyone to all those different states you've traveled to and you lived in that you'd like to give shout outs to? Man, let's go state to state because so many people, there's so many people that was hands on with me. Um, through the years that I needed so much. Let's start with uh so we in Oklahoma now. Let's go let's go down to let's go to Atlanta and go back from there. Mm-hmm. Where do we start? You know I me mean? other than my mother's friends. Let's let's start with my friends in high school. I'm gonna give a couple of shout out. Not everybody, but just a couple. Uh I gotta go I gotta go I gotta go to D Ray. I gotta go to my boy Joe Nate and probably double A. Oh, Justin too. It's a whole lot, man. I can't, you know, I can't name them all. Let's yeah, not name yeah. them all. Yeah, yeah. Let's not name them all. I love everybody. But D-Ray, man, I appreciate you, my brother. 
He was all. He was always there for me. You know, we talking high school now. He's one of my best friends in high school. Yes, sir. You know, uh, life gets in the way of a lot of things, and you grow. You know, me and D-Ray are still cool friends. I just talked to him yesterday, um, but we don't talk like we used to. Not because we're not friends, only because he has a life and I have a life. But back then, man, uh, D-Ray kept my head on straight. He was about his money. He liked to be clean. You know what I mean? He'd tell me, oh, T, that ain't a good idea. Yeah, I was a little bit more wild, and D-Ray was a little bit more set back and chill. How he is now? He's still chill. And, man, I want to tell you, brother, I love you, and I, I appreciate the friendship over the years, man. You've been solid, solid for decades, bro. And a lot of people can't say that about themselves. That's, it's an honor to know you, man. And when you came down here to Oklahoma and you lived with me, I was tough on you. You know what I mean? I told a nigga he got to get a job. Yeah. He got to pay bills. Nigga, he can't live here for free. And Boy. that nigga got on his grind and he did his thing, man. Yeah. That was unbelievable. You know what I mean? How he just got his job and started making his bread. And then he got his car. And then he got his apartment. Then he did his thing. He was at the top. Then he said, man, I'm good. I, I did everything I was here to do. I'm going back to Atlanta. Now he's in the real estate and he's making his money. And it just... uh from him, uh, you know, from the, you know, us being fighters and, you know, I mean, doing all the things that we did when we was young to see him now with these tight ass pants and suits on. Oh God, he looks so funny. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's so cool to how he has transformed over the years. Yeah. And, and I, th- I appreciate you, bro. And my boy, Joe Nate. Oh man, my boy, Joe. He's always been cool, Joe. And uh, he's been solid year after fucking year man he's so cool man and he didn't play ball he wasn't an athlete he was just a, just a laid back cool brother man thank you for always looking out for me and always having my best interest and and having the heart to say nigga that's a bad decision yeah you know like no nah, we need to go to class or no nah, oh, it's time to go home or no nah, we don't drink and smoke i didn't drink and smoke in high school he didn't either you know he 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 was always somebody i looked up to and man i thank you for your relationship and I go back to double A, we're not friends right now. We haven't talked in 10 years. But at that time, I needed that discipline that he had, that work ethic that he had. You know what I mean? He's talked shit to me. I needed that drive. I wanted to be better than him. He wanted to be better than me. That whole uh, clashing of the Titans thing, you know, it goes back to me and him going head up and park ball. You know what I mean? Before I knew who he was, you know, I needed that guy, man, at that point in time. And, and uh, I thank you for just keeping me straight, bro, and just keeping me focus and, and let me inside your home and meet your father and just having those things to look up to man thank you now let's go you know i believe in giving people their roses man i gotta give people their roses got to, man. i got to and there's so many people i have a name man we go to donnie we can go to chad we can go to jt i mean so many people we go to my man t man who i still talk to all the time man he's dope i love that brother you know there's so many people i can name if i miss you man sorry it don't mean nothing you know what i mean it's women back then that i can name that had my back you know um but we're gonna keep it moving. Let's let's go to let's go to the loo. The loo. That's good. Let's go to the loo. That's good. <laughs> That's go good. Man, there's so many people. Let's go. Oh man. Uh we gotta start with the unlimited. Joe. Joe taught me. You know, Joe is so wild. People don't take him serious. It's so funny. You know what I mean? He was so wild back in the day. But the guy is so knowledgeable, man. He reads so many books. He knows so much things. He's so smart, man. That dude is so sharp. He always stayed clean and he always handled his business first. He used to say, T, handle your business first. He'll go do his paper, do his homework, and then come back. I don't want to tell his business, yeah, but he did some wild yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody knows hey, Joe, hey, knows Joe hey, wild. You just had to be at the loot. You had to be. That's no. it. If you want to loot, you don't know. Don't he's, worry a, about he's a corporate, a corporate guy now. He wears a suit and tie. He's so cheesy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But thank you, Joe, for keeping me straight. You know what I mean? You had me on my business. And let's go to T-Cot. Man, 
Me and T-Cop been through some things together. And that dude is unbelievable, man. Just the love he has for people. He's so knowledgeable about the world. He, he always calls himself a jack of all trades. But it's, what's the cheesy shit he said? I'm not great at everything. I'm good at everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and it's exactly it. He knew how to change a starter. He, he, you know what I mean? He, I mean, National Geographic is his country nigga, man. You know what I mean? He's cool as hell, man. T kind of love you, bro. And we got to go to Grego. We got to go to Grego, man. And uh, damn, Grego been there for me time after time, man. When I had troubles at home, man, I moved I moved to South Dallas with Grego when his mom and him lived in the projects. And I'm like, Greg, is it safe here? He's like, oh, man, it's all good. I'm from here. You know, Greg's all supercharged right. up all the time. You know what I mean? His mom, I want to thank his mom, man. Uh, Vicky, I love you. Man, thank you, man. First time I was over there, she made, uh, you know what I mean? It was pork chops, with beans. Oh, man, she made her home feel good to me. I stayed there for two months, man. It sticks. I got to shot sticks out. Uh, Greg, oh, man. Man, that dude is unbelievable, man. I tell everybody all the time, Grego is like this crazy mathematician. He looks crazy, he talks crazy, he got gold teeth in his mouth, he's tatted up with dread. And he say, man, this motherfucker don't know shit. He's the smartest motherfucker I know. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Uh, and he's looked out for me time after time. I needed that guy. That likes it. I need. I don't talk to him every day, but he's one of my best friends. Grego, I love you, man. You can't do no wrong in my eyes, man. I'm always here for you. When I first got with Kelly, she said, oh, yeah, only person you think care about you is Grego. Yeah. She's always say shit like that. Man, Grego, man, we had a lot of great times. We got a lot of great bonds, but I appreciate you being the friend that you are to be. And, you know, thank you, brother. We got to what? What we missing? Pledge. The pledge. You can't, you can't, you can't. Man, my boy Pledge. I did uh, nothing without Pledge. Nothing's fun without Pledge. Uh, that's my boy. That's, that's the problem. He always get down for the good time. Oh, man. And uh, I, I respect Plex, man. Plex is Plex, you know? And, and 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 life has beat him down, and he just keeps going and going, man. And I, I I look at that all the time, man. And uh, man, thanks for being a good friend. You know, yes, I want to speak on this, man. I yeah. gotta speak on it. It's here. It's now. We in the moment. Yeah, we here, man. And you know, some things happened uh, back in the day between me and Plex, and he thought I was messing with his girl or something. And I want to tell you, Plex, I had no idea, bro. No idea, man. And I hope you forgive me for that, man. And uh, when I did know, I didn't say nothing to you. And I apologize for that, brother. But I'll never do nothing to hurt you, man. I love you, man. You're a brother to me. You know what I mean? It's always up. It's always up with me. I always going to look out for you, man. Uh, man, hey, man, I always summer school and Plex used to bring me food out the calf. We broke into the, the uh, 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 scholars. Like he let, you know, we broke into the room so I could have somewhere to live for the summer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, places looked out. We took, you know what I mean? He, we didn't have no soap. He stole some dishwashing liquid from somebody. We, you know what I mean? We used an Arizona soap. You know, we talk about ashy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. Who we forget? Danny. Danny, that's my man. 100 grand, man. Danny, Danny taught me about uh, financial literacy, how to get credit cards, how to uh, double your money up. He's, a, he's the ultimate businessman. You know what I mean? He let me know there's more to life than this shit. I remember Danny graduated in four years. And I'm like, where you going? We having a time about, oh, man, I got to go. It's stuff I got to do. I got to make this money. You know what I mean? He's always been about money. He's always about his money. He's a good friend. For sure. Yeah. So if we go from the Lou, do we take it to California? Is there anybody in California? Uh, let me see. So many, so much family. There's so much family that I can touch base on. I'm trying to think, where should I start? Well, 
I don't know where to start. I don't want to leave nobody maybe, out. Maybe I, just, I just said all these great things about my friends, but what about my family? What about just a open shout out to the family in California? Unless you can think of anybody in particular. Man, there's so many people I can name. So many people that, that deserve their roses. I'm a, I guess I could start I start with a couple and see how I feel. All right. Because I don't want people to feel left out if I forgive them. Forget them. Because I love all of you guys. Y'all, all of you guys mean the world to me. And uh, I feel guilty sometimes because me and my mom left. And I don't talk to you guys all the time. I want y'all to know that I think about you all the time. I wish I was there and I love you. Um, we got to go. I don't know, for some reason. Let's start at Rob. Robbo. Man, Rob, I love you, man. I love the way you move. You know, he's such, he's his ultimate businessman. He's so mysterious. He just, you know what I mean? Oh man, he was a fly gangster back in the day. He used to get his money, you know what I mean? Uh, his one, his daughter is one of my closest cousins, Siobhan. Siobhan, I love you. Thanks for always being there for me. Tree, thanks for always protecting me and loving me, man. You know what I mean? My big cousin, Michelle, both of them are my big cousin. Uh, 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 little Annie, you know? Man, he believed in me so much. He's not here with us anymore. And he's always tell me, man, from prison to Paris, we could be anything. He's always tell that to me, and I always think that. He's the one who took me to Thailand for the first time, took me out the country for the first time. And thank you for that. That goes to Bomb, Bomb with the Sidehawk. Ah, ah, how the hell you say that shit? <laughs> I love y'all. I don't want to miss nobody. Man, Osa, thanks for always loving me. I always felt loved around you. Auntie Evelyn, you know, I love you to death. You always took care of me. You always protected me. You know what I mean? My Uncle Lanny, he's not here with us anymore. I don't like to speak on people who are not here with me. Man, he showed me so much tough love. He was a hard ass on me. I know he loved me. He did so much for me. I never got to tell him thank you for all the times he took me to practice. And he was he was one of the people who did put hands on me. And I didn't like it. I thought he didn't like me for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was crazy with all these things I wished for. And then when the people that gave it to me, I said like, you know what I mean? He, he must not care about me, but he did oh, care well. about me. He gave me the tough love that I needed. Yes, he was the one picking me up from school when I got suspended. He was the one taking me to football practice, you know? He talked shit to me the whole way. Yeah. I'm like, damn, he don't let up, you know? Yeah. He was old school. Uh, let me let me think, Kim. Man, me and Kim had this connection, my older cousin, cause, cause we had, uh, she loved animals and I love animals. She worked at the animal hospital. I used to love it, man. I love her to death, thank you. Thank you for everything. Lynn, I love you. Who else? I'm missing people. You probably gonna miss them. I'm, I'm missing all of them, but I'm missing some people. <laughs> I'm missing some people right now. I'm trying to think. I don't, uh, oh, man. Uh, man, Jay comes to mind. Jay's my cousin, man. He's a cool, gangsta-ass nigga, man. He's just smooth, laid back. They tell you wild stories about him, but he's so cool. He's so clean, clean cut, clean coat. And he just sit back in the cut, chill. You're like, yeah. no way you did yeah. that, you know? There's so many people I can name, man. In L.A., I don't want to forget, but I want y'all to feel like I forget. But I'm in the moment, y'all. I gotta realize. Yeah. You know, let me go to let me go to the Bay now with this in Cali. It's a different part of California. Stockton, Sacramento. Uh, my auntie, one of my favorite auntie, Auntie Bobby. I just love you to death. I'll do anything for you, man. She uh, she has a son, Troy. Oh man, Troy was the coolest. I used to look up to him, man. He's still so cool, man. He's laid back, man. Thank you, Troy, for everything you ever done for me, bro. Man, you don't know how much I appreciate it. You don't understand. You can never understand. Man, nobody ever loved me, man, when I was a kid. 
you know, just to remember, I go back to saying, I wish my mom would just hold me and tell me it was okay. The last time somebody just hugged me and just said, everything's going to be okay and I love you was Troy. When my grandfather died, uh, everybody left the funeral, left the church, and I just sat there just bawling in tears. And he just grabbed me and held me so tight. He just said, man, I love you and everything is going to be okay. It's okay. And I just cried like a baby, man. He just held me. and it, He don't understand what that meant to me. I needed that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, David, his brother, man, he's been through a lot. Life has, life has beat him down, but he's still going. Yeah. When I graduated college, he was one of the only people that called me and said he was proud of me. You know, it meant a lot. You know, you graduate college, and niggas think that just come easy, you just do it. I mean, I'm proud of you. I'm watching you. Do your thing. I hope I see you on TV one day. Man, thanks, David, man. That meant the world. You know, you got my, my cousin, little Eric. I mean, you got my... My cousin Excel, there's so many people, man. I just can't go, on. you know, Big Eric, you know, man. He's yeah. cool. He always has the Rolexes and the Benz. And, and I used to think if this nigga could do it, I can too. Yeah. You know, it, you know, when, we, when they're close like that and they, got, and they got things that you want, you say if they can do it, I can do it. He always loved me and showed me love. And he was cool, man. Omar and them, man. There's so many people probably go on and on. I gotta stop. So I can't thank everybody because I forget. So you probably gonna forget somebody on accident. Yeah, I forget. I'm gonna forget. So for you right now, Torres, man, what do you have uh, currently going on in your life? Right now, uh, what are we doing, man? We we uh, we selling dogs. We just we had some bullets. We sold all those, man. Um, me and my wife own a cleaning service, commercial cleaning service. It's going good. She's she's running that. She's doing her thing. I'm proud of her. How that's, that's how that came about. We got the trucks going. Um, we in the trucking. We hauling water in the oil field, man. I own the truck and the trailer. We doing that, man. It's, 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 it's beautiful. Yeah, the sky seems like it's the limit right now. I tell people, you know what I mean? I'm a millionaire. I ain't got my money yet. You know what I mean? I just ain't got my money yet, but I'm That's coming. We're going to see who on top five years from now. You know what I mean? Straight up. So, like, you know, it goes back to the ego. I want to be the richest. I want to ride the cleanest. Right. You know, it doesn't stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? You humble a little bit, but it doesn't stop. Right, right, right. You know? So, yeah. That's real, man. Uh, Toza, anything else you'd like to get out there, man, before we close? Kenfo, I got to give you your roses. Man, we talk every day. You know, I know when you're happy. I know when you're sad. I know when I pick up, you pick up the one, you say, yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, he's going through it. Let me talk about him. Let me talk some shit to him. You know, man, I love you, brother. You've been a good friend to me year after year after year after year. You've been the same guy. I've seen life beat you down. I see you come to times where you crying, you want to quit, and you just keep going. You find something in you, just keep going, man. That shit is, man, that shit, that shit, that, it gets to you, you know? I look up to you in a way. You know, it's crazy how me and his relationship, we're only a year apart, but I think he looks up to me as a big brother a little bit. But I look up to him too, you know? And the things that he's accomplished. This nigga comes from nowhere, small town, dunking, right? It just sounds country. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just sounds like some sticks yeah. to, to where he's at now. We, we sitting in his game room. You know, I'm looking at a 70-inch TV. I'm just giving you the pictures. I'm like, so look, we looking around the room. We got Jordan, Jordan Poster. He got Nipsey Poster. He got LeBron James. He got Brett Favre in here. You know what I mean? He's 70 inches holding up. He, he got the he got the plaques up. He got his degrees on the wall. We got Jordan, what, what's that, 96 when he hit that game winner? You wonder, what does that do to your mind when you walk in here, you know? It tells you, man, you, you know, it, it, it lets you know you can be anything. I see his daughter hanging up. We love her, Brooke Dog. You know, 
uh, it's an honor to be your friend and to get as close as, to you as, as we are because everybody's like that. You know what I mean? And year after year, you've been solid. And man, you know, family and friends, they, they, they sometimes fall off. You know, everybody can't go with you. My mom always tell me, everybody can't go with you, son. So I'm trying to take everybody with you. And I think you carry the baggage of that sometimes. You know, sometimes you got to let things go to be the best that you can be. And you're doing your thing. You know, I'm proud of you and I love you. Sure. One more thing before we finish. Right. I got to shout my dog out, Mo Yo. Thomas, if you out there, you listening, brother, I love you. I ain't forgot about you. You might feel like the world has forgot about you. We ain't forgot about you, man. You're an inspiration to us all. I got to make it over to see you, bro. It's a lot of things that we did, man, and had fun doing it. The good times roll. When I think about you, I smile because the good times just roll through my head. You know, it haunts me that I haven't seen you as much as I needed to. But, man, brother, I want you to know I haven't forgot about you and I love you. You know, but life's in the way. You know, I got kids now. I got a wife now. I work now. And, uh, that's no excuse. Here I am making excuses. But through it all, I just talked to him two days ago. He's holding up. Uh, I love you, brother. I love you, man. Stay up. There he is. There you have it, everyone. This is my boy, my brother, Mr. Christian Torres speaking is true. Torres, you good? Yes, sir. Skate. There it is, y'all. This is Be Yourself Podcast. It was a great, great interview. I had a great time. I enjoyed every second of this interview. It's long overdue, but you know what? He came over here when he was ready, and I appreciate that. So, man, it's all good. Much love. For sure. This Hope is- y'all enjoy, man. I did no D-dubbing, I promise. There you go. If I did that, my mom would look at me to say she's a bulldog. Trust me, she ain't let me get away with that. <laughs> I love you, mama. Hey, y'all. This is Be Yourself Podcast <laughs> with Be Rich. Hope you guys all enjoy. Like, share, subscribe. Peace. Peace. Hey.